This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So I am so ex- so excited to speak with my next guests. David and I spoke a little over a year ago in July 2020 in season one, episode eight. Um, and if you're a Broadway fan, then chances are you've been lucky enough to see him on stage in, I don't know, Les Mis, Greece, The Wedding Singer, Motown, Honeymoon in Vegas, An Act of God, Waitress, The Prom, and most recently Beetlejuice, which played its final performance March 12, 2020, when Broadway shut down. Also joining us today is David's other half, Liz Josephsberg, who is nationally renowned wellness and weight loss expert, well known for helping Oscar winning actress and musician Jennifer Hudson lose weight and transform her life. She also helped Jessica Simpson shed over 50 pounds of baby weight twice. Other celebrity clients include Charles Barkley, Katie Couric, and Susie Orman. So lucky for us, Liz also coaches everyday folks. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) In all areas of weight loss, balance, and nutrition. She has appeared on Good Morning America, The Dr. Oz Show, Oprah Winfrey, and more. Um, And she's a a much sought after speaker and panelist nationally and probably internationally. I'm just going to add that because if she isn't, she will be. Um, (laughs) I've been reading her fabulous book, guys. It's called Target 100. Even though I know this isn't meant to be a pitch thing, it's awesome. So yay. Thank you. <laughs> so shout out for that. Um, it's wonderful. Um, so welcome, you guys. We are so lucky to have this dynamic duo with us today, really. Welcome back, David. And Woo-hoo. lovely to meet you, Liz. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for yeah. having us. Thanks for taking the time. I was so excited. David, when we last spoke, I think you had been put on pause for Beetlejuice and we're just launching Broadway Breathwork, if I if I remember correctly. You've come a long way. I know that. Tell, tell me about that. I'm so curious about that space, because when we met, everything was kind of ambiguous still with the whole thing. But I know that you had already started to shift. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so on August 15th, uh, two days before my 50th, 30th birthday, uh, I had my first class and about 55, 60 people came, and then I pretty much continuously did it almost every week, every other week, sometimes three three times a month, and it's really been an unbelievable experience. I'm starting year two. It's been just a, a dream, as much as the Broadway was a dream at, at, at the time, and I'm not here to say that it's definitely coming back, but maybe Beetlejuice will be coming back at some point. Uh, it's been just as amazing to 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 be able to to find this new avenue and this new arena to, you know, help people. Well, what's so beautiful about that too is because I, again, when I, when we spoke, I remember you, you weren't doing it much like me with the coaching. You, you weren't doing it instead of, you weren't doing it as a replacement for you, you felt this passion. And I think what you discovered if, you know, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like what you discovered was that what you got from performing you could get elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, not, not only does it allow me to do that in addition to, right? So I get joy from singing. I get joy from performing. I'm still doing some things with, I think I was doing sessions with Josephsburg then where I would do a, a weekly little sing-along and I'm still doing that. 
but then I get this other side of of sharing and and communicating and connecting with people and and helping them get better and helping me get better. And it's just been I always Lizzie would you'd always say like I'm like I like I like lots of things all at once. Like mm. if I'm having food, I like to have you know, different, lots yeah. of little different things. If we go to a restaurant, like he wants to order everything on the menu and share it. So I'm yeah. sort of getting to do that a little bit. Yeah. And share it, right? That's yeah. what I love. Because some people want to order everything on the menu, but don't really want to share it. See, that's that's you. I mean, David, you're joy. You've, I mean, you're just, joy would be the word I would use to describe you. You spread joy and you share it. It's It's beautiful. It really, it really, really comes through. Just, and we don't know each other that well. And I just, you know, I just want to honor you for that. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's, no. that, that makes I'm I'm have a lot of gratitude about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, Liz, I understand that you before you became this fitness guru, this health guru, um, that you also were um, working on Broadway, singing and acting. Tell us a little bit about that, and and also sort of what your transition was. I know it wasn't recently, but I'm really curious about that space and what sort of helped you pivot? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a huge part of my life. I was professional, you know, sing, singer, actress for 10 years. Uh, I, um, I started singing very early and had just a lot of really strong feedback and, and kind of was pushed in that direction. I uh, ended up going to music school at DePaul University. And then I got my master's degree in opera at Manhattan oh. School of Music. And from there, uh, I started um, doing some operetta and then, you know, was was pretty quickly pivoted into very operatic musicals. Magnolia in Showboat, uh, Cosette in Les Mis, yeah. you know, these high C singing. Um, but I loved it and spent 10 years doing doing that traveling, doing national tours. That's where I met David. You know, we went on as, as Cosette and Mary one day and that was like huh I feel something weird going on so so it was a wonderful part of my life um, as we met and my priorities started to shift uh, I was getting into my 30s I was ready to just sort of I was like auditioning and hating it I was getting very anxious like I would go to an I would have like a full-on panic attack for uh, an audition whereas it used to be like I'd walk in and I didn't care you know and it became more and more unpleasant um it just kind of was like i just didn't want to do it anymore and mm -hmm. it was a really hard uh realization to make more so because i think the people in my life were so embedded in it you know my family my parents they loved to be able to tell their friends to go see me in a show and it was like that was that was more important to everyone else and it was so it was a very hard shift for me to make you know, it, it actually happened one day that we were going to go audition for something together and i just it was for greece it was like sandy <laughs> in greece i remember like yesterday totally. i was just like oh my god i can't go like i'm not sandy i can't belt i don't know why i'm going in for this like i had a full meltdown and i was like oh my god it's done i'm done and i didn't know what it was gonna do that's for sure but mm -hmm. i had struggled with my weight my whole life so like i was i was overweight from the time i was 12. i was in diet programs as a child i was very messed up especially then being an actress i was very very body dysmorphic i would over exercise i would under eat i would do any diet i could get my hands on so as I came out of acting, I gained a lot of weight because finally there was no one looking at 
me, mm. right? So it was like I was free. He loved me. We were getting, you know, we were married. I ended up going to Weight Watchers then at the time, and I had never done Weight Watchers before. So I went in that room and had to listen to other people talking about their their relationship with food. And I realized like, oh my God, mine is a mess. But it was really in talking and listening and those groups that I started to kind of shift and go, oh, this isn't about a food plan. This is about what I've learned, my thoughts and behaviors around food. This is not about a diet. So I ended up becoming, I just said, I'm going to get a job here. And I started working (laughs) at the lowest level of the company. I was making like minimum wage, And I loved it because I was talking one-to-one. So as a person steps up on a scale in front of you, they get so vulnerable and so honest. But what I saw was they also got so mean to themselves and it like broke my heart. Mm -hmm. And it really became this moment that changed me because I was like, wait a minute, this can't be like how we think about ourselves and weight and our and our bodies. And it kind of like planted a seed. From there, I ended up, you know, really working my way up through the ranks of, of the, the company. I became mm. a leader. And then I worked my way up to be their sort of celebrity weight loss guru and their national spokesperson. I stopped working there uh, now eight years ago after 11 years working in every, every aspect. I, I worked on the science team. I wrote the weight loss programs. I worked in the rooms. I was their national spokesperson. And then I was like, you know what? It's time for me to go find out something more about mm. weight loss. So kind of went back to school, got more certifications, became a personal trainer, just really dug in on the science behind this. And mm-hmm. the the, sci- the brain science more than anything else was what really was, because that was that moment, right? Those, those, those people stepping on that scale filled with guilt and shame and, and wondering like, why would we do those things to ourselves? And where did we learn that behavior? And what was that? What was the result of that? And so in studying our brain, I started to learn that like, oh my gosh, that makes you actually eat more. When you feel guilt and shame, the brain turns on this reward system and and you actually go in and do the thing that you didn't want to do. You mentioned two um, moments in your life where you where you just stopped and said, I'm not going to do this. One one was, you know, the Greece audition, you know, where you just suddenly, I mean, that was the moment, yeah. but that's where, where you were able to, to sort of take control of your life, which I think is really, really interesting. Um, and then, and then the other was when you, cause, and you didn't know what you were going to do, which is really cool. And then you, you forged this whole um, journey of learning, of learning about yourself and all of that. It sounds like the the real aha moment for you was when you saw the the people stepping on the scale. And I'm so curious to know, did that resonate in you similarly to the audition panel, like the the gatekeepers, the, the, the voices of the industry and your people that love you, that want to put you in a silo because they understand what a Broadway performer is. They don't understand what someone on their journey to find themselves is. Talk to me about the similarities or differences or if that lands for you at all. Yeah, I mean, it really does. I think it's it was the way that it manifested for me is um, I can only f- talk about it sort of physically. Like um, it was almost like 
I wanted every ounce of my body and my brain and my being wanted to help people. Mm. And I couldn't connect to that in theater anymore. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't feeding that 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 piece of me who just literally is like if I could make somebody's day better for one second, if I could make them see something differently about themselves for one second, then I was alive. <clears throat> And what had happened is that theater had started to feel very dead for me. It felt like it was self-serving. I was doing it for other people and that it didn't, it didn't bring me joy Mm -hmm. and I couldn't be helpful if I couldn't bring joy. So I felt very shut down versus Mm -hmm. when I sat there helping a, a person standing in front of me, I felt completely connected to the universe, to myself, to them. And it made me feel totally alive. And I didn't care if I was making minimum wage. I didn't care. I was joyful going into that job every single day. Mm. So it was operating from from my my gut, if you will. That's what it totally is, too. Like, I was thinking, you know, am I ever going to give up theater fully? I don't know, because it does bring me joy. And so if it brings me joy, it does have that healing capacity for other people as well, if it's my true joy. And then I was thinking about the um, how you said that the the connection between the three with mm. with your coaching, it's mm. it's trying to find the neural pathway. That's the thing with breath work. You're shutting off the that mean voice. You can get to that voice that mm-hmm. you're tr- the the positive voice. And with Target 100, it literally was about life and about so much more than just nutrition. These are the things that you have to get to the deeper pathways. It's all con- it's just connected. It's all the same kind of stuff, and it's awesome. Can you take me back? Just a little more to to when the both of you met. You said you met in a show. I'd love to sort of hear you. Yeah, and feel free to jump in and and if you sure. feel differently. Again, like I am, I I don't know. It's it, it's always been how I operate. But I actually um, I I was not looking for love when I met David. Like that was just not in my like purview at all. Um, I but. Interestingly, uh, when he was coming, he was coming out just to fill in for the understudy of Marius for just a seven week period. And I was out on the road and, and, and solidly there. Um, some women were talking about him in the hilarious Marius and in Les Mis before this. Okay. And he had a real reputation, like as, as a very, very big dog. Okay. Okay. And so they were talking about him before he even got there. And I wasn't paying attention. They were sort of over and I was putting on my makeup, getting ready for the show. And they said his name is a David Josephsburg and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I was like, that's weird. I didn't think much about it. And I was at home with a good friend who was just out there who said, listen, do anything you want. Just stay away from Liz Watts. Which was my maiden name. He And he was like, you know, we were starting to kind of like, you know, just chat a little bit. He was Did like, they say why you should stay away from her? Because he liked me. <laughs> and he wanted to date me. <laughs> well, I mean, wasn't he dating? He was dating somebody, too. So he just, they had a little flirty relationship. Yeah. Uh, and so I... I don't. <laughs> so yeah, basically, honestly, we became friends because, as I say, I wasn't really looking for that. For but wait, anything. what was the first thing when I came up? To, I was like, "Hi, I'm I'm Dave or something. I'm supposed to stay away from you or yes, something." Yes, like yes, so cheesy. What a bad. I mean, this is I was younger. Please, 
Please forgive me for all this business. Yeah. So anyway, I, as I say, I was not looking for this. I was like actually actively trying to like not pay attention to these, this feeling of like, this guy is funny. He's cute. Um, so I would actually go back at night and, and tell him the women that were talking about him. Like, I'd be like, okay, so basically there's this woman. She really likes you. Her name is, you know. Don't. Like, and, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so she set so me up with all these different girls that keep me away from her. Yeah, oh just to kind of like deflect. So long story short, by the end of the seven weeks, we did go on. I was a Cosette understudy at the time. He was a Marius understudy. And one night they got sick and we went on. And I'd been kind of denying all these feelings. And that night I, I got off stage. I said to my best friend, I was like, I don't know why that was, I like felt those songs in like the craziest way. I've never felt that before. And it was sort of that moment of, you know, really feeling it. Long story short, he felt none of that. That is not true. Come on. <laughs> I felt, I was young in theater. I didn't necessarily feel like, oh, I'm ready for something huge. No. But I I felt the feelings. <laughs> yeah. So we started dating. Yeah, we had our ups and downs in the dating because <laughs> he didn't really understand what it was to date one person. So we had to learn that. <laughs> Look at us now, though. <laughs> if then, like, they could see us. No. <laughs> So what shifted for you, David? How did you learn? And like, how, how much later uh, well, was she it? wrote me a letter. Do you have that letter? I don't, it's not, I don't know where oh, it is, God. but she wrote me a letter saying like she, it started like I awoke to an emotion with the sun shining and basically telling me that I'm never going to live a full life or a life that, of any meaning if I don't get my <laughs> shit together. I yes. did. I was like, I can actually see who you are. And we framed it and hung it up in our apartments. Oh, like, I that's feel like, awesome. I feel like you, because like I could see this person and that he was just totally not living at this, like that he had so much to offer, but just thought like it was totally just not yeah. like how we were behaving at all. Oh my God. So well, this was like, also, I mean, we can know. go into it deep. This was after we had a little incident and then she was going to do a concert up in Canada for um, a fiance of hers who had passed away from cancer when she was young. And so after we, I got the letter and we became, we were starting to chat again. This was, this was a few months. Yeah. You were like, no, this is done. I was done. like, I'm done with you. And I said, hey, I'd really love to support you and come up there and, and be your friend. And you allowed me to do that. I, I did. And then I slept on the floor. And then on the third day, we just had a moment and. All was changed. All was changed. <laughs> wow. Never yeah. looked back. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's Wait. not all been a bed of roses, I'll tell you, but still. <laughs> what a great story. So. Uh, fast forward to you got married. Did you propose David or did she have to like, you know, whip you into I, shape? No, no, no I, he I actually, I did a pretty good job. I was in Les Mis and everyone in Les Mis helped me. Actually, we had taken a trip up to California to Big Sur and we, right. We had, we had seen it. Yeah. We had seen it. And then somehow I got her out there, took her up to Big Sur and she didn't even realize what was no happening. Idea. Because there was a stream in the back of this Big Sur River Inn, and I, I was there. She said she still didn't even know when I was about to get on my knee. Yeah, so it was a total surprise. Worked out pretty well. Yeah, he did yeah. a great job. And you guys have been married how long now? T- almost twenty. Years 20. In April. Oh wow, that's yeah. amazing. That yeah. is just amazing. And you have, do you have two boys? Two boys. Yeah, and how old are they? Sixteen and thirteen. Tell me about how how that changed. Well, just. Talk to me about your boys and and the pandemic and uh yeah you want me to go first you go first we were talking just today about we feel very blessed like 
even during the pandemic that the boys were flexible and they were they they did well in in all of it um but it's it's been terrifying as parents like you're yeah. just like what am i doing how am i doing this is what is this going to do to them like what does it mean for them but um i just couldn't be more proud of the way that they've handled it they stayed in sports which i think really helped yes and for me you know I have been lucky enough to be working for the last few years, which is not always normal. I'm always, you know, a lot of times she's super busy and I'm doing daytime dad. But then it's been getting harder and harder because they have stuff to do all day and I'm working at night. So being able to be my youngest baseball coach and being able to work out with my oldest, this has been some of, you know, it's sad not to be able to do that job that I've been doing all my life. But that has been a huge positive for for us too, mm-hmm. like for mm-hmm. as a family to be yeah. able to have dinner for me, I, it's, it's some of my favorite moments are even just working out with Cooper during the day or or doing the or coaching Benji. It's been supremely awesome. Yeah, well, and at that age, I mean, at any age, honestly, with a child that that amount of time, there's so much change normally, but it's not usually you're not usually with it minute to minute, right? Every it's, it's a different focus. Cause you were, you were sort of watching them grow like a, like a plant, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Day in and yeah. day out. So how was that different? Like it's so different, especially for me too. I mean, I've been on this trajectory where sometimes I was traveling, you know, every week, um, all the way to LA and back, you know, really, really busy. We were relying on his parents, you know, we were, you know, and this was just like a full stop, immediate full stop. And I don't think we had really realized how, like, crazy our lives had become. I mean, we would pass a baton. Like, I would be coming in from the city, and, like, he would, like, pass the baton of, like, okay, Benji needs to go here. They need dinner. He needs his homework done. And we'd be like, see ya. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. not see each other. He's not home on the weekends. So mm-hmm. I'm doing all the weekend stuff. Like, it was exhausting. Like, and I think that that in that way, that's been such a blessing, um, you know, to, to be together yeah. and to see each other. And I think, you know, I, there was a there was a, a beautiful article written um, where they they interviewed children and their number one thing about the pandemic that they reported they were happier about was being with their parents more yeah. often. And Mm. I could see that in both the boys, especially with David, you know, it's hard being a mom of two boys because I don't really like to play ball. I don't like (laughs) to play video games. I'll I'll do it all day long. You know, he will do it, you know, so I would look out in the pandemic and I'm up in my office and they're out there playing basketball and I'm like crying, like, because that just wouldn't have been able to happen. Yeah. The change in us about worrying so much about the school and this and that, I feel like that is pulled back of like, you know what? They're going to be fine and they're going to make their choices and they're going to, you know, if they don't go, what they'll, they, they can ch- choose to work their butts off and get into the school that they want to and make us pay that $400,000 or whatever it is, or they can do something else and that's fine too. And I feel like that's allowed them to really shine. I mean, our, be themselves. Yeah. Right. And it, it really did. Like, I don't know. It was like almost like getting caught up in a whirlwind of, of ke- not keeping up with the Joneses, but oh, should we be doing this? And should we be doing that? And, and all that just dropped. We're like, yeah. oh, they can go to school in their bedroom and have a good life and yeah. like have their friends and play. And, and so it just took down all of that of like, you know what? As long as they're happy, like, we don't need anything else. We're ding, good. ding, ding. There it is. Yeah. The joy. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like you've made a lot of discoveries during this time. That's pretty exciting. And 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 like you've described in your lives, like they were there already. 
um, you know, this just shed light on them earlier. Maybe then you would have um, recognized them and you're in a different position. Therefore, you've taken a different action. And that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, um, what is your definition of living in the moment? What I feel right this second, which could be different from what I wrote yesterday. Living in the moment. Hey, oh, is <laughs> that it's not running on, not running on these, on this, on an identity or beliefs that you were living in the past on experiences and how you acted in those moments and not worrying about the um, expectations and what the future is going to bring, just living your joy and your authenticity now, which will then make whatever that, that expectation, the future perfect because it is. I always think for, for, for me, the, the definition of, of living in the moment is that ability to erase the chalkboard. Like if you imagine a chalkboard in front of you and your brain just is constantly throwing out all this, this, this story and all of these reasons and all of, all of this, um, you know, they're just like, it's like almost like creating a whole reality in front of you that is not happening right now. I, for me to be in the moment, I've got to be aware that, that my brain is a machine and it has a job. Mm -hmm. And that I can just go in and erase the chalkboard. And I imagine myself with an eraser just taking all of that stuff off. And I take a deep breath and I actually connect physically to myself where I am. Mm -hmm. and, and what that does, it just recenters me and it takes it out of that realm of like that any of those things that I thought were going to happen in the next hour to six weeks are even true because they're not true. They are no. not happening now. No, absolutely. So I think it's that's my my way of arriving or my definition of being mm -hmm. in the moment is truly just stopping everything. And I do it 50 times a day. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Liz, what would you say is one of your strongest attributes? And I'm going to make sure to judge to see if it's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say probably um, just knowing who I am. Yeah. It's not really ever been a question. Mm. I know who I am. I know, you know, it's very rare that I don't um, know exactly what I, I I feel about something. I'm not confused uh, very often. And I react very in a very authentic way. And I just kind of follow that. So it's been a, it's been just sort of knowing what I want to do next. Um mm -hmm. Someone once said to me, like, it seems like you seem to see like all life is like the disco floor, like, you know, with the light up squares. Mm. And you just seem to know where you want to step into next, which one's going to light up next for you. Mm. And, and it doesn't mean I'm on the path, right? Like I've changed course many times. It's just, it's sort of I'm like, I know I want to do this now. So I think yeah. that's probably a strong. Yeah, that's beautiful. Piece. It sounds like you, uh, you trust the process. Yeah, like David, marrying David. Like, there, once I met him. Smartest thing she ever did. Best thing I ever did. But I said this to him literally over coffee the other day. Of Like, I just, I don't ever doubt my, you know, when I make commitments, when I make decisions, um, they're they're from a really true place. And they yeah. always, uh, it doesn't mean they'll always work out. It's going to work out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> just kidding. But you know no, what I mean? just no what's really cool about that, too, though, is that, you know, I would add, if I may, you know, going back to what you, what you said, which was that you basically, you know, yourself that you're confident. It's not so much about 
I mean, that that's your signpost for making decisions. But but I but what it harkens back to me is is what you told me, what you shared about when you knew what wasn't for you, but you didn't know what was ahead. Mm-hmm. But you were okay with that. Mm-hmm. That is your superpower right there. Yeah. Yeah. The floor doesn't the lights don't turn on. She turns the lights on the disco floor. <laughs> and then that's the path. I love it. I love it. And and you'll stand as long as you want on the in, even in a dark light and be okay. No, I see that. I'm dancing around on all the squares. I don't know what the (laughs) hell I'm doing. I'm like on all those squares. (laughs) Trying to to be fair to each square. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, exactly. Right. You you okay, Scary? It's compassion for all the squares. Yeah. Well, what what would you say, David, is one of your strongest attributes? I I like that word. I mean, I think I I never even say the word compassion, but you said it before and then she just said it. And I feel like that is that that's the word that sort of encompasses like... Wanting everyone to feel good and, and joy and, and caring about others. And that's what brings me joy. So that's good because it help, it's, you know what I mean? That's what fills me up. Yep. So I'm not really doing it to be nice. I'm doing it because it's filling me up. So Yeah. Which- um, so Liz, what would you say is one of David's strongest attributes? <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> um, I, th- I think it's just the literal enjoyment of whatever is going on like i have a job oh i don't have a job oh i like there is no it's just like what can what fun can we have here it's the ability to find find that joy in every space of like oh this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me like like and then you know i'm thinking about just your the conversation that you just had of like he literally goes into a show or not in a show, you know, even now he's not in a show, but he's always creating new best friends and people love him and come to really feel like, you know, they are best friends. And that is sort of his superpower, which is just to connect with people and be joyful in, in every moment. Like people are like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Broadway's closed. He's like, I'm having the time of my life. I'm like, that's so David. It's so David. And it's, and it makes being married to David so easy because there's never a time where, I mean, you would think like, oh, his whole career went down in one day and he's not going to, he's going to be uh, upset and I'll be propping him up and helping. Not a, not for a second. He's like, what kind of adventure ride are we on now? Let's do this next thing. That's fun. You know? Yeah. Yep. So that makes, I would say that's definitely his ability to enjoy every moment. That's awesome. Would you, do you see that, that that's something that's different from you? Like, do you think you'd benefit or or not from having more of that in 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 your sort of trajectory? <laughs> oh, certainly, yes. Like, I am very much more, um, you know, uh, uh, I was much more, like, needing control. I, that's something I've really moved away from. But And the pandemic's helped it a lot, too, of, like, just, you know, enjoy every moment that you have but it's not as natural to me it's just so natural for david Mm. so i try to kind of sponge off of him but it's not always successful sometimes Mm. i become resentful of that i'm like really really i planned the whole hawaii trip how do you what about the bills who's gonna pay the bills you know like i'm very practical very down to earth very like i i'm very much like i plan things you know so i'm i'm not as in the moment and joyful with everything um 
which makes us a kind of a good duo, 100%. I think, because he pulls me out of my seriousness or my planfulness or my control, and I pull him a little bit along. Oh, and you've taught—I mean, you've in so many—you've taught me so much. I wouldn't be able to do the the breath. I wouldn't have been able to do any of these things if she wasn't if you weren't there behind me to 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 help to teach me and help me. And I think that we both, and I was thinking of your words of like strength and your ability to make decisions and to, to take imperfect action. And there was, what, what was it that, remember we were having coffee two days ago and you were like, do I give you enough? Because I'm so independent. I said to him, I was like, I hope that, that I've never left you wanting because I am so self dependent mm. you know and he's so opposite right so connection just, and love and needy yeah. you know what i mean you know and i think that that was the third word is is your ability to be open and to remain open and to even just asking that question is you grow up like changing and growing into this besides having all these other things and that's what that's the word that i that i, that I think that is pretty amazing yeah it's it's something you just want to like it just felt so natural just because he is so connected. And, and I'm like, always just like, I hope I don't cut you down. Like, I don't cut off connection sometimes because I am so like working and I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to, and I'm, I'm, I'm like so internal sometimes. And that, so that was that, that moment of like self reflection of desire to, to, to connect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Here's the, here's the big question. Well, I think it's big. I mean, it can be big, which is how, how do you want to be remembered? You have to go first this time. That's kind. Mm. Uh, I think if someone would say that I made them feel better and find the kindness within themselves to be kinder, People are really afraid to be nice to themselves and say what they've done right versus what they've done wrong, that that would be my greatest legacy to know that I made someone feel um, that they could be kinder to themselves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. How about you, David? I don't know. I was I was thinking of like, I, I guess my brain has now at this moment has gone to like my kids like how they would remember or because like people what okay others i don't um i love kindness it's one of my favorite words for sure but i think i guess passing on to my kids or to, i guess anyone who sees it is is to don't do things because you think you have to but to be someone who lives a way where to to live your joy and to live things that that bring you joy and and you can change and not to be afraid to step into something new because life is so short so you shouldn't spend a moment not doing something will bring you to your eventual joy or to joy you know what i mean to to as someone who with kindness lives his joy <laughs> I think it's interesting that you brought up the children in that, in that I think that's what we're striving for as parents very hard now is to just let them find their joy, you know, especially as they get this 13, 16 year old time of, you know, don't feel like you should do this. You have to do that. You have to go to college. You have to do, get this grade or you have like, just like I, 
I, I want them to find their way and, 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 you know, cause yeah. it, it was mostly different, you know, right. For yeah. us, it was like, you so, go to college, you, you do this, you do that, you do this. Mm-hmm. And not for everybody, obviously, but I really think that there's so many different paths and so many different things. And I really hope that, you know, they'll, they'll see us doing that and, and see the, and, and, and do that. Mm-hmm. And all people, all you, people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I'm going to ask you, what's your idea of a perfect date night? Do you have a quick answer for that? Yeah, well, you know what? We're sort of like in the middle of doing different things now because like we're we're trying not to uh, drink as much through the pandemic, but it used to be like a 24-hour, we become like the experts at popping into the city, doing a 24-hour date all over the place, like or, or like eating, uh, having a drink at night, then in the morning waking up and running Central Park or doing something. So there'd be a workout, there'd be food, there'd be a thing the next day in the morning for breakfast, healthy breakfast. And so we'd have maybe a movie or a meditation somewhere. And it's like a full 24, a bath. <laughs> 24 hours and and like knocking it out yeah. we we're like gonna write a book called the perfect 24 hour vacation yeah oh that's great oh yeah. i'm glad i asked you that that yeah, yeah. no that's awesome oh. um okay great can you finish this phrase Uh-oh. most people think david josephsburg is dot 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 but the truth is i mean we can go with i mean there's probably many ways but most people think david josephsburg is like this funny funny guy but the truth is that he really thrives and wants the connection and and uh, to know people and to find deeper intricacies. Mm. That's cool. What about Liz? This is like totally stumping me. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, most people probably think. Uh, I think. I think they think that. Um, the things that I do come easy, right? Like that I make things look easy, whereas they don't. There is a lot of thought and processing and work behind the scenes and um, study and all of these things. But I tend to kind of like just get out there and make it look like it's just all kind of taking place. I don't know. Not my best answer of my life. but That's a great great answer. answer. (laughs) Yeah. No, you make things look easy. And, and, yeah, I think and, people would think like, oh, she's just rolling along. She like wrote a book and now she's doing this thing and now she's doing this and now she's this. But it's really, you know, you take, spend a lot of time and energy and um, effort uh, to, to do the things that look easy. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. So here we go. Rapid fire. What makes you? So what makes you hungry? Steak. Potatoes. Hey, I don't even love. I mean, I like steak, but that's just the first thing. What makes you sad? What makes me sad? My children in pain. People being mean to animals. Oh yes. What inspires you, Lizzie? (laughs) Um, I guess that's what I said. Okay. Uh. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the ocean. I also seeing people do their like do what they do best. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, like Olympians, like watching Olympians or watching like um... yeah. yeah, Lizzie. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, what makes you feel frustrated? Not taking action when I should. Little annoying things breaking like a dishwasher. Oh, 
I'm on the same. We, everything's breaking in our house right now. Everything. What makes you laugh? <laughs> uh, video, <laughs> failing videos. Um, my uh, Shelby, our dog is really goofy. <laughs> what makes you angry, David? What makes me angry? Well, when I feel like I'm doing like folding the laundries and doing everything and I ask my children to just empty the dishwasher one time and they give me uh, the business about it. Yeah. That makes yeah. me angry. Fair enough. Racism. Makes yeah. Me just like seething anger. And yeah. when people can't see yeah. racism, when they don't have mm -hmm. the ability to see that what they just said or did, mm -hmm. like is a, a totally horrible thing and yeah that makes me angry ignorance yeah. Yeah. yeah ignorance ignorance yeah and finally what makes you grateful oh so many things i don't know that i can just being here having this opportunity to to experience everything that's a little woo woo probably but that's really the truth of how i feel <laughs> um I'm I'm definitely grateful for for the for the boys, um, for for being as flexible and malleable as they've been um, for our family, mm -hmm. uh, including your, the extended family that we have. Um, I think we're very lucky. Um, I'm grateful. I have a very strong support network around me in the project that I'm working on now. And sometimes I just sit back and go, like, how are these people? believing in me and supporting me right now. I'm very, very grateful. Mm, that's awesome. And you've almost made it to the end. What are the top three things that happened today? Go today. Well, we had our morning coffee chat, which is always our walk, our walk and chat. I'm going to call as one. That's when we get a lot of things, you know, just connection. So my morning connection with wife and dog, Getting a lot of wonderful things done on my list, which always makes me feel good, like little things and actions of little actions that I need to take to make things happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I had a great workout. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And now this this um, interview, because this has been super awesome. Super oh, God. Super fun. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Liz, do you have a top three? Yeah, I'd say... Um, my run this morning was beautiful. The weather was perfect. Um, this has been wonderful connecting with you, meeting you. Um, and uh, I had my hair colored yesterday, so I don't have a gray skunk stripe down my head. And it was nice to blow dry my hair without that. Did you that. eat yet? Did you have a lovely breakfast? No, not yet. I'm oh. going to eat right now. <laughs> She's starving. She's like <laughs> hungry. Shaking. Oh, my gosh. I got to eat. I got to You guys, I, thank you. I cannot thank you enough for joining me. Really. It's been it's been brilliant. It was, it, was, it was awesome. I'm speaking today with David and Liz Josephsberg. I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. And remember to live in the moment. Yes. We are in the moment. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.